This is the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm Taylor Travis. I'm your host, Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source of everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On podcast network, your team every day. I'm actually a little bit under the weather. I'm fighting off a cold, so if I sound funny, I apologize in advance. I, uh, it seems like everybody in the office, everybody I'm coming in contact with is sneezing and coughing, and I knew it was going to be my turn eventually. Well, yeah, it's my turn. I finally caught it, so I'm trying to fight through but we have a really good podcast planned for you. We're going to talk some Aggie basketball. Their 2019 non-conference schedule came out. I've been waiting for it to come out for a while. It finally came out today. I know we're at Bama week. We're in full football mode right now, but I want to touch on that just a little bit as well. I also had a question come in. Remember, if you ever have a question for the show, you can email our email address. It's LockedOnAggies at gmail.com. That's LockedOnAggies, the name of the podcast, at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me personally at TaylorTravis15, or you can tweet the show at LockedOnAggie. So you have plenty of options, whatever's convenient for you. If you ever have a question, I'll try to answer it. You can either go LockedOnAggies at gmail.com, at TaylorTravis15, or at LockedOnAggies. Your choice. But the question was, do I think Texas A&M can cover the 27.5-point spread against Alabama? Texas A&M, a 27.5-point underdog. I expected it to be four touchdowns. I almost... Hit it right on money, right? 27 and a half, almost four touchdowns. It's tough. That's a lot of points, and there's a lot of reasons why you can go either way with it. I'll do my best to answer that question in the second segment, but I'll tell you right now, it's anybody's guess. I mean, I'm stumped on that, but I'm going to break it down a little bit. I'm going to tell you why I think A&M can cover and why I think Alabama can cover, and maybe by the time that segment's over with, you'll have a better idea and you'll feel better about placing your bet on whatever you place it on. We're also going to talk a little bit of X's and O's going into the Bama game. We're going to talk about the Bama offense going up against the A&M defense. We're going to talk about what strengths Alabama has going up against Texas A&M and vice versa. What can Texas A&M do on defense to give Alabama problems, if anything, because that Alabama offense seems unstoppable early on this year. They scored 50-plus points in every game against Louisville, Arkansas State, Ole Miss. Not the best competition, but when you're beating those teams the way Alabama is beating their opponents, it's it's ridiculous the way they're doing that. I mean, the way they beat Ole Miss, and I know Ole Miss is having a down year, but the way they beat Ole Miss was just incredible. Anybody, Anytime you beat a conference opponent like that, it's a big-time statement, and Alabama is scary, and I'm looking forward to breaking them down just a little bit more because they're really an incredible team to look at and a very, very, very scary opponent for Texas A&M coming, coming up uh, on Saturday in Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS. So the Texas A&M basketball schedule came out, uh, the full schedule. The conference schedule's been out for a while, but we've been waiting on the non-conference schedule. And there's a few really nice matchups. We know that Texas A&M was going to play Gonzaga for a while. That came out a few months ago. But they play Gonzaga on the third game of the year. They open up against Savannah State. They play UC Irvine, the Anteaters, one of the best mascots in college sports. you got to love the Anteaters. Any team called the Anteaters, I'll be a fan of. But then they play Gonzaga, November 15th on a Thursday, 10.30 p.m. local time. That's going to be a late one on ESPN2. Gonzaga's a national title contender next year. And I know that's kind of the case every year. They kind of have a weak conference schedule. But this year, I really believe that they're on my short list of teams to pick to win the national championship. Because they return a lot of talent. Big man Killian uh, Tally, he's going to be back. He shot 48% from three last year. He missed the game against Florida State in the Sweet 16. He was a big reason they came up short to the Seminoles. But he's going to be returning, which is big. A lot of people thought he was going to test the uh, NBA draft. But no, he came back, and that's a huge boost 
for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. They also got a transfer in Brandon Clark. He's a 6'8 forward from San Jose State. Uh, like I said, Gonzaga is a legitimate title contender, and that's going to be a big-time stretch for Texas A&M right out the gate. Mark Few does a great job with that program. And uh, it's going to be like last year when A&M opened against West Virginia. Now, I know that they have a couple games to gear up for Gonzaga, but A&M's going to be tested right away. And with those losses, Tyler Davis, DJ Hogue, uh, Robert Williams, J.J. Caldwell, who left the program. There's a lot of holes on that roster that need to be filled. They do have some talent coming in. They do have some guys who can probably be playmakers for that team. But there's a lot of big shoes that need to be filled, and it's going to be interesting to see who's going to step up on that Texas A&M team. You go down the schedule, you got Minnesota, you got the Vancouver Showcase, Santa Clara is also in that tournament. Then you got South Alabama, Northwestern State, Boston College, Oregon State. Nobody too exciting. Maybe some name opponents. I know Boston College has been good in the past, not so much anymore. Oregon State's a Pac-12 team, one of the bottom feeders in the Pac-12. Uh, they had a decent team a couple years ago, back when they had Gary Payton Jr., but not so much anymore. After that, they got Valpo. Valpo is one of those teams, one of those mid-majors that sneaks into the NCAA tournament fairly often. They've made the NCAA tourney three out of the last six years. They're a really sneaky team. They're going to give A&M a run for their money. Now, Texas A&M plays them at home, so they're going to have some home court advantage, but you cannot sleep on Valco. They've been the Horizon League regular season champions five of the last six years. They always have good talent. They always have guys who can shoot. They have really good basketball players. That's going to be a really tough matchup, a really exciting matchup as well. Not really a name opponent for the average sports fan, but if you're a college basketball fan, you have that one circled on the calendar. You're looking forward to that one for sure. Very next game, December 22nd at Reed Arena, the Aggies are going to take on Marshall, the Thundering Herd. Now, that's an interesting game because Marshall plays a very unique style of basketball. It's not necessarily unique in the NBA, but the Marshall head coach, Dan D'Antoni, the brother of Mike D'Antoni, the Houston Rockets head coach, they both play very similar styles. They both shoot a lot of three-pointers. They both like to run the floor. They're very, very fast-paced. That alone is going to keep Marshall in any ball game. If they're hitting their threes, they can beat anybody. We saw that in the NCAA tournament last year when Marshall pulled that big upset in the first round. They came in and they beat a really good Wichita State team before falling to West Virginia. A uh, really good West Virginia team, Javon Carter, all those guys. But Marshall's not a team you can sleep on. They return a lot of talent. Again, their style of play alone keeps them in a lot of ball games. And if you're A&M, you have to guard the three-point line or you can be in trouble in a hurry. After that, they go into conference play. So those are really the marquee games, if you will, of the non-conference schedule. I got to say, I got to give Billy Kennedy credit. It seems like in years past, Texas A&M has had a really weak non-conference schedule. This year, there's some named opponents. Gonzaga, Valpo, Marshall. And then you have teams like Boston College, Oregon State, who aren't necessarily good right now, but they are named teams. Those are going to be games that will probably uh, get people into Reed Arena just on the name alone. So again, I'll give Billy Kennedy credit. That's a really solid non-conference schedule. It should be a really tough conference this year. The SEC, it's pretty deep this year. You have Kentucky, who's going to be Kentucky every year. You have Alabama. Avery Johnson has done a really good job there. You have Florida, who is always solid. Texas A&M, by the way, also playing Kansas State in the uh, Big 12 SEC Challenge. We remember that run that Kansas State made in the NCAA tournament last year. They returned some talent as well. They're going to be a really tough team. They're always a tough team in the Big 12. So that's another tough non-conference opponent for A&M. But back to the SEC, 
You also got Tennessee this year, who Rick Barnes is doing a great job with. They just uh, got a big commitment. They stole a guy from Duke. His name was uh, Jamal Jones, a five-star recruit. You also have teams like Georgia, South Carolina, who are always just pesky. So it's going to be a tough year for Aggie basketball. A lot of tough competition on that schedule. But again, we'll know pretty early on whether or not this Texas A&M team can contend in the SEC this year. All right, Aggie football talk in just a few minutes. We'll talk about the 27.5 point spread in that game. Again, I got an email from a listener asking me whether or not I think the Aggies can cover that 27.5 point spread. But speaking of spreads, speaking of betting, let me tell you about my bookie. I have a lot of people ask me, hey, who should I bet on this weekend? What spreads do you like? What over-unders do you like? And I can give my best guess, but the truth is, I don't know. But what I do know is you should go to my bookie. I wouldn't recommend a service to you, my listener, that hasn't been good to me. And my bookie has been great to me. And right now, they have a very special offer. They're slammed with new bettors. It's college football season. Everybody's trying to jump on board. But right now, if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Central, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you have to do is go to the website, click on promo code, Enter on college 25. That's on college 25. It'll activate the offer, and then my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You have to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock Central. They'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. You can't beat that. Again, I wouldn't recommend it if they haven't been good to me and they've been great. My bookie. I also want to tell you about something that the Locked On Podcast Network is doing. Your team every day. They started off with the NBA. And then they went over the NFL. But now they're starting to expand over the college teams. Of course, this podcast, Locked on Aggies, is a part of it. But they also have a lot of other college teams right now in the works. They have Locked on Buckeyes. They have Locked on Wolverines. Locked on Seminoles. Locked on Razorbacks. Locked on Volunteers. Locked on Cougars. And of course, Locked on Aggies, this podcast. The Locked on Podcast Network just keeps expanding. And if you're a sports fan, if you're a college fan, keep an eye out because your team will be coming soon. Soon you'll have a daily podcast dedicated to your favorite team. It's your team every day. The Locked On Podcast Network now expanding into the college teams. Again, Locked On Aggies. This one, the one you're listening to right now. Also, Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Nittany Lions. The list goes on and on and on. Again, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, I had a listener email me yesterday, and he just was straight to the point. He asked me, hey, is A&M going to cover the spread against Alabama? The spread's 27.5. That's a lot of points. I think a lot of people are confident Texas A&M can cover that, and with good reason. Again, it's 27.5 points. It's almost four touchdowns. I could see a backdoor cover. I mean, you never know, right? There's a lot of things that can happen. But logically, if you're betting on this game, could Texas A&M cover the spread? Because we saw what Alabama did to Louisville. We saw what Alabama did to Arkansas State. We saw what Alabama did to Ole Miss, just demolished them 62-7 in a conference game. That's almost unheard of. That was almost the worst conference beatdown I've seen since Texas A&M lost to Alabama 59-0. Sorry for bringing that up. Sorry for bringing that up. But that was bad too. But there's some things A&M can do that make me think that they could stay within four touchdowns. They could cover the spread. What they have to do is they have to get the passing game going. And they also have to establish the run game. You can't be one-dimensional and beat Alabama. I know it's going to be hard because Texas A&M, if you look what they did against Clemson, they had a really hard time running the football. 
A lot of that has to do with Texas A&M's offensive line not being very good. They're young. They're inexperienced overall. They do have some guys who have a lot of snaps, Keaton Sutherland, Eric McCoy. But outside of that, it's a very young offensive line. It also had to do with the Clemson defensive line being one of the best defensive lines we've ever seen in college football history. I mean, you have three projected first-rounders. You have another guy who's probably a projected second. Four All-Americans total between first and second teams. It's brutal. Their cl- their defensive line is one of the best that Texas A&M has seen in a long, long time, if not ever. So that played a big factor on why Texas A&M couldn't run the ball. But I think the bigger factor was Texas A&M's offensive line just isn't very good. It's just the honest truth, right? But if you're Texas A&M and you want to beat this Alabama team, if you just want to hang in the game, you cannot be one-dimensional. Because Alabama has way too many athletes all over the field to beat them what just by passing the ball or running the ball. But if A&M wants to run the ball, they're going to need a healthy Eric McCoy. We don't know how healthy Eric McCoy is. He's one of those big guys up front. He's a junior. He's experienced. He can get a lot of push on the offense, the defensive line. Eric McCoy suffered a sprained knee against Louisiana Monroe. Jimbo Fisher said he'll be good to go, but with a sprained knee, sometimes those can linger for a long time, especially if you're a lineman and you're kneeling down all the time, you're bending, you're pushing. That's a lot of stress on your knee. So I don't think he'll be 100%. That would be a big loss for A&M. And then you have Ryan McCollum, who was arrested. That's Eric McCoy's backup for reckless driving after the Louisiana Monroe game on Saturday. So we don't know what his status is. Texas A&M still hasn't made a comment on it as of right now. But Texas A&M's going to need a healthy Eric McCoy, or at least as close to 100% as they can get. Another thing A&M can do, now usually you use the run game to open up the pass game. I think A&M might have to work from the outside in a little bit. We know Kellen Mond can scramble and get out of the pocket. He's going to need to against Alabama because Alabama has a really good defensive line that's going to get into the backfield. They also like to blitz and put pressure on the quarterback. Kellen Mond's going to have to be able to use his mobility to get out of the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, complete passes. Because the Bama secondary all offseason was supposed to be their weakness, right? They did give up a really good chunk of pass yards against Louisville. They gave up a decent chunk of passing yards against Arkansas State until they completely shut down Ole Miss which has one of the best offenses in the SEC, especially through the air. I mean, two stud receivers, A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf, and a really good young quarterback in Jordan Tiamu. So you wonder if Alabama's secondary just keeps improving. Just how weak are they really? I mean, they were supposed to be a weakness, but they're trending in the right direction. They're getting better every week. But at the same time, Texas, uh, Alabama's secondary is still very inexperienced. Now, inexperienced doesn't mean bad. Not by any stretch. There's still some really good athletes in that secondary. But at the same time, if you're going to beat this Alabama team, you're not going to do that by running it right down their throat. Kellamont's going to have to be able to get out of the pocket. He's going to have to scramble. He's going to have to give his receivers enough time to get open. And I think they will. We've seen a lot from Jamon Ospin this year. We've seen a lot from Cam Buckley, Kendrick Rogers. uh, Rashad Paul's even made a few plays. Jay Sternberger, the tight ends, made some plays over the top as well. I think Texas A&M and I think Kellamont are going to be able to make enough plays through the year to put points on the board. And if they're able to do that, that might be able to that might cause the linebackers to play back a little bit and that might open up run lanes for Travion Williams. I mean, to me that's the only way A&M's going to be able to get the the running game going. It's as simple as that. And you're not going to be able to beat Alabama if you can't get the running game going or you can't get the passing game going. You just simply can't be uh, a, two, a one-dimensional team and beat the Crimson Tide. That's just not how it works. Another thing that Texas A&M can't do on offense, they can't turn the ball over. I know that seems like no duh, that kind of statement, but I think even one turnover is going to be too much. 
Because, quite frankly, I don't think that Texas A&M defense can stop the passing te- passing attack from Alabama. It's funny I say that, too, because it seems like every year we're talking about can Texas A&M stop the run against Alabama? The script kind of flipped this year. It's all about the passing attack. But I don't think Texas A&M can turn the ball over and be able to make up ground. Now, Kellen Mond hasn't thrown an interception all year. He's the only quarterback in the FBS with over 800 pass yards, eight touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He's played really well. He's taken care of the ball really well. But he's going into Tuscaloosa, taking on the number one team in the nation, undoubtedly the number one team in the nation, a hostile crowd. It's going to be tough. I would expect a couple mistakes just because, I mean, he's still a sophomore. As good as he's looked, he's still a sophomore. It's really hard to go into Tuscaloosa and play a perfect game. Johnny Manziel did that in 2012. That's because he was Johnny Manziel. He was a once-in-a-generation type player, arguably the best college football player in the history of the game. It's going to be very, very difficult for Kellamon to go in there and play a perfect game. I think there's going to be a turnover or two. Those turnovers are going to be very hard to overcome because I do not think that Texas A&M secondary is going to be able to stop that Alabama offense. That Alabama offense is scary, scary, scary good. And if A&M turns the ball over, you might be dead if you picked A&M to cover the spread. We'll talk a little bit more about that Alabama offense in just a little bit. But first, I want to tell you about FanDuel. I'm a big fantasy football guy. I play like in three different leagues. But a few years ago, I found Daily Fantasy and I'm hooked. I love Daily Fantasy Football. And the first Daily Fantasy website I ever used was FanDuel. I recommend you do the same. Because FanDuel isn't your basic fantasy football rules. They do have games like that, and they're awesome. But they also have different games. You can kind of change it up. You can keep yourself entertained. You can do different things. One game I like is called Beat the Score. It's different. I've never seen it on any other platform, but it's really fun. Beat the Score, it's a new contest type, where instead of having to come in top place among like a bunch of different competitors, all you have to do is beat a preset score. For example, let's say the preset score is 190. If you score over 190 points, you win money. It's that simple. It's a preset score. You don't have to worry about other competitors beating you. You just have to beat that preset score. It's simple. I'm going to play on Sunday. Play with me over on FanDuel.com. Speaking of fantasy football, fantasy football is underway. And the Locked On Podcast Network wants to help you. I know I need all the help I can get. I listen to this show all the time. It's fantastic stuff. But the Locked On Podcast Network has a new show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It gives you all the latest news, waiver suggestions, injury news. It gives you everything you need to know each week to make your team the best team you can possibly roll out there week in and week out. Now, there's a lot of experts on the panel. On Monday, they have Tom Kessenick. On Tuesdays, they have Eric Edelm. On Wednesdays, Jeff Ratliff and Tyler Lochner. Those guys know their stuff. And if you're a fantasy football guy like I am, I strongly recommend it. I need all the, the advice I can get because I'm the most indecisive guy. I changed my mind last minute. It always screws me. But ever since I started listening to these guys, my team has won two games in a row. They've been red hot. I recommend you listen to this show as well. The Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Give it a listen. You'll be hooked. All right, we're still stuck on the question. Can Texas A&M cover the 27.5 point spread against Alabama? I just talked about the Texas A&M offense and what it needs to do to cover the spread, to hang in the game, to even win the game. But I just got done talking about how Kellen Mond cannot turn the ball over because one turnovers can be too much. That Alabama offense is so good. It's so good that I don't think the Texas A&M defense is going to be able to stop it. I really don't. 
Because the weakness of the Texas A&M defense so far this season has been in the secondary. It seems like against Northwestern State, we saw them complete a couple big plays downfield. Against Clemson, the Texas A&M secondary got burned a couple times. We saw uh, that big pass from Trevor Lawrence to T. Higgins where he was open deep and Derek Tucker missed a tackle. Higgins went all the way to the end zone. They got burned deep a couple more times. Not just that time, but a lot more times than that. And then against Louisiana Monroe, we saw them complete some passes downfield as well. Uh, Debian Renfro's played okay overall. Charles Oliver's been burned deep a few times. That secondary has just really been struggling for Texas A&M. And if Texas A&M wants to win this game, if they want to just keep it close, or if they even want to cover the spread, that secondary has to play 100 times better on Saturday than they have all year. Because quarterback Tua Tungo-Viola, Alabama's QB, he's the real deal. He's so good. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Let me read these stats to you, because when I read these stats, I was blown away. I knew he was a really good quarterback, but until I saw these stats, I didn't realize just how good he's been this year. Tua Tungo-Viola on third down this year. These are third downs only. He's 13 of 13. Hasn't thrown an incompletion on third down. 13 for 13 for 298 yards and six touchdowns. Are you kidding me? He hasn't thrown a pass in the fourth quarter. That's how bad Alabama's been beating their opponents. I know it's Louisville, Arkansas State, and Ole Miss, three pretty bad teams, but they are beating them badly. They're not only taking care of business, they're taking care of business and then some. Tua Tungo-Viola has been under center for 20 drives for Alabama. 15 of those drives have ended in six points. Unreal. And I think a big part of what's making this Alabama offense so dangerous, A, We've always said that if Alabama ever finds that elite quarterback, and they have now, but if they ever find that elite quarterback, their offense is just going to be taken to the next level. And that's what's happening this year. Tua Tungo-Viola is the best quarterback in the SEC. One of the best quarterbacks in the country. And a legitimate favorite for the Heisman Trophy. I think he's the favorite right now, according to Vegas odds. But Tua Tungo-Viola, I'm just going to keep saying that name because I'm one of the few people on the planet who can pronounce it. Tua Tungo-Viola. But Tua Tungo-Viola is taking this Alabama offense to the next level. Another thing they're doing, one, they have Damian Harris, who's an incredible running back, one of the best in the SEC. But it seems like in years past, they've had that one go-to guy in the passing game, whether it's Calvin Ridley, whether it's Amari Cooper. You can even go back as far as to Julio Jones back in the day. They've always had that one guy to go to. They're spreading the ball around a lot this year. That makes them even more dangerous. They have Jerry Judy. Jalen Waddell, he's a freshman who's blazing fast, a great receiver, also dangerous in special teams. He's uh, liable to take one to the house on kick returns anytime he gets the football. Texas A&M is going to have to get that away from him on special teams, keep the ball away as, as far as possible because you don't want him touching the, the football. A special teams touchdown could be all she wrote. They also have Devontae Smith who can beat you deep, Henry Riggs the third. The list goes on and on. Alabama is just loaded with talent on that offense. At quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back, on the offensive line, all the way across the board, they are dripping with talent. And in years past, we always said if Texas A&M can stop the run, they have a chance. I don't think that's the case this year. Because you look at the Texas A&M defense and how thin they are in the secondary and how much they've been burned early on in this, early on this season, unless the secondary has the best game of the year, I don't think there's a chance that Texas A&M can cover the spread. Even if Kellen Mond is red hot, even if that Texas A&M offense is rolling on all cylinders, 
I just don't think that Texas A&M offense has enough firepower to match the Alabama offense score for score. Eventually, Alabama's going to pull away, and they'll pull away in a big way. So to my listener who emailed me asking me, will Texas A&M cover the spread? Right now, my answer is no. No, no way. If I had to give you a score right now, I would say somewhere maybe 49-14, 49-17 in that range, to be honest with you. But that being said, I'm not ready to give my final prediction yet. I'm going to do that on Friday's show. We're going to have a big like day-before-the-game show that we're going to do every Friday where we're really going to dig into this game. We're going to look deeper into the X's and O's, and maybe I find something. Because I'm going to watch the Alabama game that they played against Ole Miss again and just try to find any weak point, any Achilles heel that Texas A&M might be able to expose. And if I find that, maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll pick A&M to cover the spread. But right now, I just don't see how this Texas A&M can cover. I really don't. I really, really, really don't. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. I'm your host. I'm Taylor Travis, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On tomorrow's show, like I said, we'll dig a little bit deeper into this game. Uh, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Tuscaloosa, 2.30 on CBS on Saturday. It's going to be a big-time matchup. You always got to watch the Alabama game. Even though I just told you that I don't think Alabama has a chance, you always got to watch just because Alabama is so good. And if your team does knock off Alabama... It's probably the upset of the century, I think, this year. Because I don't think any team in the country comes even close to what Alabama has on the field, talent-wise, depth-wise, all the way across the board. It's just unreal. So, again, Locked On Aggies Podcast, your source, your daily source for Texas A&M athletics. A part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.